Good morning. We have been waiting with eager anticipation for this day. <laughs> so we thank you and we just welcome you to the 180 rendition of, an, of the nativity scene this morning. Um, our children are so excited. I don't know whether you've been able to hear them. We've been trying to keep the excitement down. But please, when they sing, we invite you to join in with them. They'll be singing songs that will be familiar to you. So please just join in with them because then their um, confidence increases as well. At this time, I just want to just say thank you to all, every single teacher, every person that's been involved from check-in to security with 180. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Honestly, our main aim and our main objective at 180 is for children to be passionately in love with Jesus. I, I feel we had them for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning, and my heart and my desire is that the children will know who Jesus is, that He's not only their Savior, but He's their Lord, and that this will stand them in good stead for those turbulent teenage years, that this will stand them in good stead for as they go into adulthood, that these seeds that these teachers sow every single week will reap harvests in the future. So I thank you. I thank you so much for um, even just allowing us this wonderful privilege of being able to be with your children every single Sunday morning. So thank you. Um, Leila, do you guys want to come through? So every Christmas, we have, we do different traditions. And so these three lovely little people are going to be speaking and just why we do what we do. And then Mama Mel, who is one of our wonderful storytellers, is going to be narrating for us this morning. Mama Mel is a wonderful story teacher and the kids love her because when she comes, she brings the stories of Jesus. She brings the stories of the Bible alive. Amen. Go for it, Leila. Because the evergreen flourishes all year long. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16 Christmas wreath represents the crown of thorns that Jesus wore when he was crucified. The soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed, clothed him in purple robe. John 19.2 Star represents the bright star that shone the night Jesus was born. Where is the one who has been born of the Jews? King of the Jews, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Matthew 2, 2. Christmas candles and lights represent the light that Jesus brought to the world to shine on those living in darkness and in the shadow of death to guide our feet into the path of peace. Luke 1, verse 79. The candy cane represents the shepherd's staff. Christ is also called the Good Shepherd. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. Luke 2, 8. Christmas bells represent the call of mankind to 
worship the Lord. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Luke 19.10 Christ gifts represent the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Matthew 2, verse 11. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee, in Bethlehem, in the town of David, where he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night.
Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherd said to them. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Jesus was a king for all people, and one day every knee will bow before him. Thank you. 
to fulfill what the Lord has said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Thanks. You may be seated with the kiddies um, sitting now. I know Deborah thanked all the uh, the teachers and so on. But if you could, if you are any way involved in 180 from security right through, uh, could you please stand? Could you please stand? I would just like to, first to personally as a church, to really thank you. These guys give a lot of their time and effort, and. Um, 
We're always, always looking for new volunteers to help. So if you'd like to get involved, it's a great ministry to do that. And well done, guys. Thank you so much for, for doing this. How do, you, how do you come and do anything after this, eh? How do you beat this? Yeah, it's wonderful. Thanks, guys. They're going to go and have a party now. Great, great. Well, so good to be here with you. And yeah, look forward to uh, the Christmas Eve service. It's an amazing opportunity to bring friends and family. Uh, sometimes it's the only time that people um, get impacted by the love of God in their lives. And so let's uh, spread the love. We've got a nice big space here. And bring some meats and treats so we can bless everybody over this time. And, uh, yeah, just overwhelmed at um, the amazing little children we have in this church. Isn't it incredible? Yeah, God is so good for us and many more on the way. And uh, I say we've got one of the, I say the most beautiful kids, uh, certainly on Jingle Pod Road. (laughs) Yeah, I better be careful, eh? Yeah, so it's an incredible time to celebrate uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And while I was thinking about this, I was looking at um, the prophet Isaiah. His, his name actually means the Lord is our salvation. Isn't that amazing that his mom and dad gave him that name, and he prophesied more than anybody else about the coming Messiah 700 years before the birth of Christ, Israel was in a tremendous turmoil, and he gives them hope, an eternal hope. And in in Isaiah 7, verse 14, like I say, 700 years before the birth of Christ, he writes this, the Lord himself will give you a sign. A virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and and he will be called Emmanuel which means God with us. In Isaiah 9, 6, we sung that earlier on. But I've been looking at this over and over. It's what an incredible scripture this is. It says, For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. You could preach on any one of those, and there's so much depth in that passage there. What I want to focus on is the word a child born and a son given. A child born, a son given. And I was just thinking about that. And we're going to look at the account in the book of Luke, and then afterwards we have a young man from this church that's going to the Congo, we have an orphanage there, and he's going to go and bless them over there. So, Jimmy, please remind me at the end. Please come up. Why don't you come up here now while we remember? <laughs> I just saw him at the back there. I'm so glad I saw you. I know Johanna asked me. So give Jimmy a hand because if you want to know more about the orphanage, it's on our webpage and so on. But this young man, how long are you going there for, Jimmy? 40 days. For 40 days to be with the orphans. So I'd love to um, please send all our love to them. And if you would like to sponsor an orphan and so on, you can go to graceorphanage.org or or Oceanside or speak to Johanna, Jimmy, and so on. But let's let's pray for this wonderful young man. Do you want to come up here? 
And um, yeah, this kid's going to be really blessed. This is an incredible young man with a heart for these kids. So Father God, just as we have celebrated here with our children, Lord, we thank you for the children that you've blessed us in the Congo with, Lord God. Lord, I pray your blessing and your protection and your provision over them over this time, Lord. And I thank you for Jimmy. I thank you for the call upon his life and his love for these children, Lord God. Bless him, keep him, protect him over this time, Lord. And I pray for divine appointments for him, Lord God. I pray your angels encamp around him and the orphanage, Lord, as we share the love of God with his amazing children. I thank you for that, Lord. Bless him, keep him. May your face shine upon him while he's there and fill him with joy. In the precious, precious name of Jesus, amen. 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 Can we give him a hand? Really, if you'd like to know more about the orphanage, it's an incredible thing, this orphanage. I think, uh, I don't want to um, get it wrong, but at least 95 to 96% of all the funds that are sponsored to the orphanage go to the orphanage. And uh, that's an incredible thing. So uh, if you'd love love to bless them, that would be great. A child born, a son given. And I was thinking about the son given. We'll talk about this morning. And I was just thinking, because as we'll see in Scripture today, the Word says that before the foundation of the earth, before the creation of the world, God had a plan for our redemption. And that was in His Son, Jesus Christ. We'll look at that. And I was just wondering from a father's point of view, we see these children Knowing what Jesus was going to go through, knowing what God was releasing him into to, to die for the sin of the world, to take the sin of the world upon himself, to be crucified and, and die for us. I can't imagine what that must have been like for Father God, even though he knew it had to be do that. But he did it because of love. And the other side of this, a child born, a son given given by God the Father, but Jesus Christ himself, that child, God himself, confined himself to a womb for nine months, walked this earth for approximately 30 years, 33 years, and gave his life for us. And the account is so wonderfully of his birth, a child born, is played out in the Gospel of Luke, Luke 1, 26 to 35. It says here, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, and he will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. How this will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? And they will answer, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
And so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. For unto us a child is born, to us the Son is given, given by God the Father, Jesus the Lamb of God, who would take away upon himself the sin of the world, and in doing so give each one of us an opportunity to either accept or reject his free gift of salvation. The amazing thing about free will that God gives us to choose is the ultimate act of love. Nobody wants to force people to love them or follow them. Just like in a marriage, it should be an act of love that when you ask somebody, it should be because they love you and you love them. And that's what I would like, love to call a divine romance between us and God, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that he gave us a choice. And many people will say, why would God do that? Well, forcing somebody to love you and making them do that, uh, would, we would call abuse. But free will is the ultimate act of love. And John 1, verse 11 to 12, this is what it says. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And we have that right today. And you can make that decision today. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, he will never force himself upon you. But I want you to know that he loved you so much that he allowed his son to suffer and die for us so that we could have life. And we see this played out in Ephesians chapter 1. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, writes this. Praise be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us to be adopted to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he freely has given us through the Son whom he loves. And in him we have redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. I found this beautiful expression on this um, Quote, uh, anonymous quote. Somebody must have read this and wrote this. The infinitely powerful became weak. The wonderfully majestic became humble. And the creator of the universe became a man. And the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. This is an indescribable gift. Paul says that in 2 Corinthians 9, Verse 15, but thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And that gift is available to everyone who will receive him and, may, and declare him as the Lord and Savior. Many times, I believe, when I'm speaking to people about God or about Jesus Christ, I often find that when you get to the essence of things, they're not 
angry with Jesus. I think they're just sometimes angry or disappointed by how he's represented by us. But I want to tell you, Jesus loved you so much that he left heaven, the beautiful place of unity. He came to earth being obedient to his Father. And God loved you so much that he allowed us, mankind, to crucify him and to take upon our sin upon him. And this is the greatest gift that we could ever have. And I know it's a time with Christmas we give gifts and so on. But the true meaning of the season, as much as fun that is and, and wonderful be with family, is the fact that God loves you. And because he loves you, he gave his very best so that you would not perish in I, but have eternal life. And if we could bow our heads, this is just a short, short message. We, we're going to sing it a little bit more. But I just wanted to leave that with you today. If you bow your heads, because I know there's people here today that may be hurting or lonely, feeling unloved. I feel that God wants to touch you with his love. I feel that God wants to pour out his love upon you. I see the smile of God upon his, his face. I don't believe that God is angry with us. He's angry with sin, and the wrath of God is out there because of sin, but we're his prized creation. And there's nothing more he could give than his very only son. I couldn't imagine sending one of my sons or my grandsons to die for somebody else. I can't imagine the love that God had for you. And I want you to know that the value that God places upon you is the value of his only son. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your Son. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I thank you that you came, Lord Jesus, to, to save us, to set us free. And I pray for ones now that may have been disappointed by life or even by the church. I pray that we will see past that, Lord. I pray that, Father God, that we'll see how much you love us and what you're prepared to do for us. I pray that ones that have been struggling with their faith, Lord, Father God, you say you never leave us or forsake us. You say if we confess our sin, you're faithful and just to Forgive us and cleanse us from all righteous unrighteousness. I thank you, Father God, that when we do that, we get a new beginning, a new start. You're not interested in our past, Lord God. You're interested in our future. 
And Father God, I thank you that you give us the choice to choose you or not because when we choose you, it's because of you. And through that, we become the chosen ones. So I pray that seed will be sown into hearts of people today. I pray that, Holy Spirit, that you begin to move even now and soften our hearts. I pray that your presence will be with us, Lord God. I pray that ones that have wandered from the faith for whatever reason will be drawn back into your presence, Lord. I pray for the ones that come faithfully that are present but not present. I pray that you captivate our hearts, Lord. I pray for the ones right now that do not know you as their Lord and Savior. And I pray, Lord God, that they will sense your presence and your love right now. Because you say if we confess our sins to you, you are faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I thank you for that, Lord Jesus. I thank you for that. And let's pray and ask anyone, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you wonder from God, and this is God's brought you in through little children or whatever it is, to hear of this amazing love of God, I'd love to chat to you. I'd love to pray with you. I'd love to, to come forward um, at the end of the meeting. I'll be here, and some of the leaders will pray for you. And I want to say, God bless you over this time. I want to say, over the time of your meals and that, just remember God. Remember the Father. Until you've been a father, I suppose it's hard to understand that. But I think many fathers would rather send themselves than their children. That's how much God loved you. And remember the son that was so obedient born of a virgin, lived this earth 33 years. And the one that says and was, died for our sins and rose again on the third day, the one that says he will never, ever leave you or forsake you, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the psalmist says, you will fear no evil, for he is with us. And I think this, this last weekend has been a little bit of a wake-up call for all of us how fragile society is. How a couple hours of, of wind, what it can do. And if our trust is in man or if our trust is in the system, it's going to be very difficult for us to walk through these days. But if our trust and our hope is in God, that walks us through fires, that walks us through the valleys of the shadow of death, that never leaves us or forsake us, that we have eternal hope and eternal future in him. If our trust is in him, that can never be shaken, no matter what happens. So I want to encourage you over this time to take some time out from the shopping and from all the fun Get alone with God. At least just thank him. Thank him personally. Sit down. Say, thank you, Jesus. 
You blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Temporal blessings come and go. But the spiritual blessings of God are for eternity. For eternity. And that's what I want to fight for, and that's what I want to stand for, the blessings of God. And I want to release those over you right now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.